Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, welcome back to Oz Business. We kick off the afternoon on this Monday. Great to have your company between now and 1pm for the call, where we examine 10 stocks suggested by you. We put them to our expert panel for their adjudication and analysis, and absolutely delighted to be joined today by Francesco Destratus from Ord. Francesco, how are you, mate? Good I'm to see you. Good well, weekend. Thank you. Very good weekend. My turn got up. Unfortunately, yours didn't, I believe. Gee, right from the very start, <laughs> David Novak from well, Wealthwise Education, <laughs> he got that zinger in right from the start, didn't he? I'm, I'm actually still not in a position to talk about it. Okay, <laughs> well, we'll, we'll drop it there. <laughs> Who's your team? Panthers. Oh, Panthers doing well, yeah. aren't they? It's, uh, one more week, though. It's got to be a good grand final. One more week. Baby. One the more bunnies. week. Yeah. Oh, you're the bunnies. Oh, yeah. okay. You're like me, licking your wounds at yep. the moment. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Um, at least we're playing in the finals. As yes, a lot of uh, yes, yes. And look at the big grin on your face. We know. Uh, we'll have to put up with him for the next hour or so, David. With that. <laughs> we'll and drop the footy now. Let's move yeah, to stocks. Yeah, let's talk stocks. <laughs> exactly right. Uh, wish we were smiling as big as you are, Francesco. All right. Let's uh, uh, kick off with a stock of the day, which um, I thought we'd take a look today at South 32 because I haven't looked at that on the call for a little while, lifting the suspension of its... $121 million buyback has maintained full-year guidance across its operations. Despite that, the company saying it's on track to increase Illumina in the 2021 financial year. Coal production also higher, up 22%, with a 19% increase in manganese um, uh, production as COVID restrictions lifted in South Africa. Uh, Francesco, what do, you, what do you make of the South 32 report? Um, our analyst upgraded a lot of our um, mining stocks uh, last week and yeah. the, the South 32 they went from accumulate to a buy so okay. positive to a real positive right um, and based upon valuation grounds um, look I, I personally I, I think you know the from a diversified miner point of view I think Rio and, and BHP probably look like a little bit better value right. but, but uh, wouldn't rule out South 32 uh, they put out the production port this morning, yep. uh, pretty much in line with what our analysts and other analysts are expecting. Um, the positive one th I saw there was that the cash they had on the balance sheet was slightly higher than, than mm. anticipated. Look, a lot of these large diversified miners, um, you know, they're generating a lot of cash. Commodity prices are high. I mean, we know what the iron ore yep. price is, but, you know, the base metals that um, South 32 deal yep. in, uh, are, you know, not record high prices, but... Much higher than where they were in, in yep. March, generating a lot of cash flow. They're good, good quality assets, so low cost production as well. So, look, good cash flows as well. Yep. So, yeah, okay. we like it. So, a buy, but a buy. Uh, there's a preference for Rio, in, which yes. we'll get to in a minute, interestingly. Um, David, what do you think of South 32? Oh, look, I'm, I'm not a huge fan. Um, I mean, the, they had a good production numbers by the looks of it, you know, yeah. uh, metallurgical coal up 22% um, out of South Africa. 
their manganese and aluminium um, production numbers look good. But, but just on valuation is, is where I'm a little bit um, um, not, uh, not so bullish to, uh, on the right. stock neutral, more neutral than anything. Um, but it's just consolidating here. I mean, the stock has fallen from a high of $4 down to where it is trading now, which you can see there uh, yeah. around 220 there's um, about 15 brokers. There's an average price range between anywhere between $1.80 to $3. Right. Uh, so the medium is around $2.65, I think, um, out of 15 brokers analysts. So, so you know, it's it's a little bit higher than where it is from the current price. It's quite a see. divergence too, isn't it? It's a huge divergence. Most have a buy on it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, look, I agree with Francisco about I, I prefer BHP or Rio than right. going into South 32. Okay. All right. Now, can I throw in an extra one? Only because it's just been in the been in the news in the last hour or so, um, and that's Crown, um, the the big entertainment gambling um, uh, business that has been part of this uh, investigation that's been in the headlines uh, for a while. Down another four or six percent uh, in this morning's trading. Um, Austrac, the the regulator, has come out and said they've got questions to answer. Um, David, how are you seeing Crown at the moment? Avoid. Avoid? <laughs> I think right. completely, especially with the Austrac announcement today, yeah. you know, going back in regards to the um, anti-money laundering scandal back yeah. in September 19. So right now, you know, with, um, I mean, you know, if you look at the Barangaroo development yeah. here and there's no international travellers, gamblers, which are the, mostly the Chinese, I mean, look, I can't see any rush to go in and buy this stock right now yep. at some point, but especially with this Austrack investigation as well. Mm. So that's a, a definite avoid as far as I'm concerned. Yep. Francesco? What's yeah, that? look, I'm not certain what our uh, actual formal recommendation is, but, uh, but I'm with David. Uh, look, uh, yeah, we're, we've, we've avoided the, the gaming stocks since COVID's come in, right. uh, except for Aristocrat, which sort of gives you a little bit of different sort of perspective on the tech side of things. Yeah. Um, this just adds another layer of risk. You know, you know we, we know what happened with the banks when they went through the Royal Commission. They, 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 mm. you know, they've, they've had to remediate, make up remediation costs. Yeah. What sort of fine is going to come out of this? If there is yeah. a fine, you know, yeah. so if the investigation comes up with something, you know, is there going to be a fine and how much is that going to be fined? And it sounds like it's going to go on for a while. It'll yes. go on for a while, but we're also, you know, they're going through an inquiry. The Mapac is going yes. through an inquiry at the moment. It's got to do with the Sydney Casino. Will then impact upon their licence in Sydney as well. Yeah. Um, and as we know, you know, go back a couple of years, they had that issue with um, the the marketers in China. In Macau, uh, yeah. yeah, in Macau. So, so yeah, some regulatory issues always sort of stir a cloud with us, and yep, yep. might as well be nowhere near it yep. until it all gets sorted out. I think. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. I, I suppose you could take the view: oh, gee, uh, good company. In two years' time, you'll be kicking yourself not to have maybe bought at these low yeah, levels. Look, but mo most professionals like yourselves go. Yeah, there is a time yeah. when you get some more answers coming yeah. in, wait for the answers and then assess it. It depends on the investor, right? I think. Right. Yeah, so an investor that was prepared to take that sort of risk, yeah. you know, there is opportunity, as you say. You know, it gets sold off, it's you know, off 30-odd percent today, as you saw yeah. on that chart, um, for, for the year, I should say, not for today. Um, yeah, is that an opportunity? And, and look, you know, some investors out there are prepared to take that sort of risk, but could it fall another 20%? before That's then so yeah. so it depends on the investor but for for you know the investors we deal with at Ordman generally long-term conservative investors 
rather than traders, um, we tend yeah. to sort of avoid that that yeah. sort of risk. Yeah, and wa wait for more information, David. Yes, it gets a bit clearer. I think so, and particularly for the trend to change as well. Right, which yeah. is clearly not at this stage. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's start getting into uh, some of the stocks that you've suggested. Uh, thanks for sending them in. Uh, Francesco Paul wants a view on on Rio, the um, the big diversified mining stock. Yeah, well, this would be our preferred miner um, right. on the diversified side of things. You know, it's it's relatively inexpensive. Look, it trades on just under ten times earnings. So, you know, normally in a mining growth stock, that would be sort of a screaming buy. Yeah. Um, but you know, you got to own oil prices at you know one hundred and fourteen dollars a ton. I think they were this morning. Um, Upside on the iron ore price, I think, is fairly limited. Downsides, yep. you know, there's there's a bit of downside there. But at, th at this valuation, I still think there's good value there. You know, it's yielding six to seven percent, fully franked. Um, it's you know, <laughs> got tier one assets. You know, so very very low cost of production in iron ore. Yeah, picking up one hundred and fourteen dollars a ton. Those 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 margin jaws uh, yep. are extremely wide. Uh, strong balance sheet. They're not out there making acquisitions. Uh, none of the big miners are because tier one assets are very hard to find, number one. Number two, they went through a period of acquisitions there about uh, 15 years ago. Yeah, and, in the last and boom. <laughs> in the last boom and then had to divest it all at, yeah. at losses. So so all that cash that's been generated is being distributed in that high yield to, to okay. investors, which I think is great. So, so your clients have been in the banks, the big four banks for yield, and getting nothing now. And something like Rio... Six to seven percent fully franked. Mm -hmm. Who would have thought that these big miners are a better yield play now the than the big four banks? Yeah. To go back 20, 25 years, it'd be the other way around. Obviously. Yeah. Well, even five years ago, it's the other way around. But sure. the miners have been generating lots of cash since that previous mining yep. boom, um, and because of that experience with acquisitions, now they're saying, "Well, we're going to reward our shareholders for being loyal. Yep. Let's pay out a lot of this cash." So, yeah, it's it's okay. great for them. Um, and look, you know, the downside to iron ore, look, the, the, there is... Because Rio's mainly an iron ore stock Probably now, about 70%. 70, yeah, yep. yeah. So, yeah, mainly iron ore. And yeah, look, if you want a little bit less risk there, BHP still a buy, I think. You know, right. you've got a bit of oil and gas there, so a bit of maybe upside with the end of yep. COVID. Yep. Um, whereas the iron ore price, there's a little bit of a COVID in that with um, the South Americans' production yep. levels yep. are lower. Yep. Yeah, so, um, you know, that could come off a bit as, as that opens up. Okay. All right, mm. David. What yeah, are you look, very much the same views as Francesco. There, um, you know, on a yield basis, it's fantastic, and it's not overly expensive. And with the caveat, of course, that the iron ore price remains up, you know, north of a hundred dollars yeah. US, which it looks like it's certainly doing, um, which has been a surprise to most people. That's why these big miners have been, out, you know, really generating the cash and paying out the dividends, especially Fortescue, of course. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if you look at the, the, the share price chart on, um, on Rio, its history, I mean, it's uh, had a pretty volatile move over the last couple of years, anywhere between 75 and even up as high as 108. Yep. Um, so right now, it's actually at a, what we call a, um, a good little support level here above mm -hmm. 95. If it breaks above 98, it can easily run back to 105, $108 a share. And if you look at um, what most brokers the average mean price they have on the stock uh, as a buy is 105. That's wow. the median price. Okay. So um, I like Rio down here. I think it's a buy, okay. personally. And you have a stop below that previous low, which is just below 95. Yeah. 
and I think you could have a little bit of a nice run up here. Yeah, yeah, and then you've got your six, seven percent fully frank dividend as a bit of a kicker yeah. every six months. Yeah. All right, so um, pretty clear direction there, Paul. Uh, Rio looking good. Um, David Erica wants a view on Illumina, the uh, mm. the big bauxite mining, Illumina refining and, and smelting business. Um, owns 40% of Alcoa World Illumina and Chemicals and 55% interest in, in Portland in Victoria, the smelter there. Yeah, look, um, I think down here it's had a bit of a fall if you look at the stock price of um, Illumina. I mean, Illumina prices have not been strong, but... Geez, you know, since 2018, it peaked at around $3. It's now trading where around this level here was, what, $1.30 or $1.45. Yeah. Um, not a bad report they came out with recently, but it's, look, it's consolidating here, down here. I mean, you could buy it uh, at this level. Um, I wouldn't be a big rush out and buy this stock right now. I'd like to see stronger prices in the Illumina market, which I, I don't see at the moment. But if you did buy it, you would definitely want to stop below $1.30, which is the last time it tested and ran up to $1.80. Yep. So um, I wouldn't be adverse to it, but for my money, I think there's better picks out there, um, you know, that uh, like in the other major resource stocks like Fortescue, Rio, BHP, right. than this one that are generating um, much stronger cash flow and diversification as well, and particularly in Rio and BHP. Yep. So um, that would be my preference. So, uh, again, it's a hold if you've got it, right. but I wouldn't be rushing to buy it. Okay. Uh, we're slightly a little bit more bullish. We're on accumulate on, on, on this one. I mean, it's another one. There's 6.8% dividend yield, fully frank. So very attractive on the yield side of things. It's generating quite good cash flow. It's on a P of about 15 times, so it's a little bit more expensive than the, mm -hmm. the bigger ones. Uh, and, and you might say that that might be sort of close to fully valued, but... We, we think the risks are the, to the upside on this. You know, they just put out their third quarter production report. Earnings were above forecast. Uh, they had record shipments um, and their unit costs were much lower than expected as well. So that sort of brought in a, a good quality third quarter report and fourth quarter guidance. Uh, it was slightly lower than expected, but I still think the third quarter is gonna make up for that or more than make up for it. Uh, so we still expect a strong performance for, right. for FY21. Okay. Um, so yeah, look, accumulate not as strong as the others, as yep. as with David, but yep. um, um, don't mind the stock. And look, you know, it, it you know, if the Illumina price moves uh, significantly higher, then there's very good leverage in this yep. um, to that. So Illumina is sort of tied to the economic recovery globally. I think so. Yeah, which yeah. is the thing to watch out for. Good report from Deloitte Access Economics on. Australia's bounce back and hopefully the rest of the world can do exactly the same. Mm. Um, all right, Francesco, Jimmy wants a view. We'll get out of resource st stocks now and <laughs> in, in, into one of the market darlings who's come, just come off the boil a bit um, in the last couple of months, A2 Milk Company. Um, they don't own any cows whatsoever, but they buy lots of uh, uh, dairy products and... Um, for um, um, baby formula and powdered milk. Uh, they made a huge business up in China over the last couple of years. Um, and um, um, all with this sort of special A2 nutrient ingredient in it. Um, basically a fantastic marketing company. Is a, yeah. owns no dairy assets whatsoever. I, I don't know if that the A2 
component to the milk has scientifically proven yet that it is the benefit. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure I haven't followed the, the, the scientific studies on that yet. <laughs> That's um, why so I that, that, that could be seen marketing business. <laughs> could be seen as a good marketing. Yep, yep. Um, we're at lighten on this one. Um, you know, it's, look, it trades at almost 30 times earnings. Absolutely. Uh, we don't have a great deal of growth going out the next two years, so to trade at that sort of level, yeah. uh, you would expect to see some growth going out the next two or three years. So, so that doesn't impress us. Uh, no dividends. Um, makes me nervous about the Chinese. Uh, mm -hmm. Obviously, there's a, you know what's driven this stock has been the Chinese exports. Yeah. Um, but what scares me is you know the Chinese. Uh, using the Australian exports as a bit of an example, mm. uh, obviously with the wine increasing yeah. tariffs, wine they might, and barley. Yeah, and they may going through. they may do that to to the the, the milk formulas as well. Um, oh, my 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 opinion of this is that yeah, the Chinese are in negotiations with the United States as well. That's their biggest customer, so they don't want they don't want to upset them. So yep. who else can they upset around the world? And you know we're I suppose insignificant yeah, yeah. in the scheme of things. So, so I look at that um, as a negative um, downside risk to second half revenues. You know, third third quarters wasn't all that great either, um, due to one-off items. You know, I think we might see the stock price come off a bit. Okay, and you look at the uh, that's the one-year chart, and it's come back from those those highs in July, August. But you look at the five-year, David, and mm. it's Oh, it's, it's been, been a sensational <laughs> ride for shareholders, isn't oh, it? Oh, it's yeah. been a 20 bagger. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And That's a great thematic as well. Un you know, unreal. Powdered milk, baby formula, into China. Uh, one of the um, trailblazers for that, weren't they? Mm, yeah. But uh, now, just yes. come off the boil a bit. Yeah, so I'm with uh, Francesco on this one. I've, it's an avoid, um, especially, and, and definitely if you've still got it, if it breaks below 14 that's a clear line in the sand it's going lower oh, um, okay. so yeah look this this is just fallen from grace here um, so it's it's there's too many uncertainties with trade tension with China their reseller um, with die is it die go die gals yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah there's just a big question mark now and plus as as Francesco pointed out the uh, the earnings multiples as well is still pretty high on this one so too much uncertainty for my money. Mm. Um, yeah, avoid or sell. Yeah, it's the thing with that five-year chart is you, 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 this is what I call a euphoria story. Yeah, yeah. yeah so you, you get the the, the, the the initial investors get in there, and and obviously the people see the investors start seeing China, yeah. so they start seeing astronomical numbers. So the share price starts trading at multiples. Um, that are at dizzying heights. Yeah. Um, but they did deliver, uh, though, didn't they? They did deliver, yeah, yeah, definitely. But still trading at high, you know, very high levels. It's a bit like uh, Afterpay trading on four, five hundred times earnings for yeah. you know, for the first year they make profit, which I think is next year, the year after. Yeah. Um, but then a bit of reality will start coming into the stock once it becomes established, and yeah. people will start put real valuations on it. So, yeah. so um, yeah, look, people have made great money on on that, but yeah. now it's starting. And that's the channel. thing is, uh, when you know you don't marry your stocks, you're there to make a profit out of yeah. them. And mm -hmm. when the trend starts to turn, that's when you yeah. go your profit and look for better opportunities. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, absolutely. And, and, and the trend is your friend, and um, yeah. that's what I've discovered over thirty years, more than thirty years. Actually, the anniversary of the crash was saying today. Uh, you never forget that day. And um, you know, one thing I wow. learned. 
You yeah. are making us really old. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> we're only talking about where we were back then. Wow. Yeah. That was a big lesson. Oh, boy. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It is, too. I remember that day so clearly. Well, it was Monday, uh, the Tuesday here, wasn't it? Yeah, it was yeah. Black yeah. Monday there, which yeah, is the yeah. 20th here. So 20th of September. And, um, boy, you never forget, and you know, never take things for granted after living through that. No, exactly uh, that's right. That's for sure. Okay, so lighten or take some profits on A2. Would you do the same with bubs? Which is, that's in the same market as well, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, but uh, in, in that um, sort I think of powdered bub, goat milk to China. Yeah, but Bubs has got a bit more here locally, I think. Right. More, more yes. revenue locally. I'd have to look what the, the, right. the, the, the okay. numbers are on it. But I mean, mm. if, it's, if it's priced at the mm. same sort of valuation, then you'd have to really put yep. serious question marks over it. Okay. And, and Bubs is trending down as well. But just having a look at uh, a quick analysis of this um, on bubs yeah I wouldn't be buying bubs at the moment just for the fact that it's trending down yep. so in terms of value uh, I'll tell you in one minute it's because um, often they're linked to it and companies like bubs saw what yeah. a2 were doing saying right we'll follow suit but our product will have a bit of a difference on it we'll do powdered goat's milk because yeah, yeah. Yeah. an infant formula that's meant to be better for babies digestion than yeah. dairy and uh, but look their earnings I don't see that they've got positive earnings yet which is you know no. that's a big you know, no-no for me yeah. and a market cap of just under a half a billion uh, it's pretty rich and even forward earnings multiple <coughs> forecasts in 2022 of a hundred you know well um, yeah, so well. Yeah, yeah, look, yeah. Uh, I just wouldn't be touching this one. Yep, sure. Yeah. Okay. All right, Lamb uh, wants a view, David, on PSC Insurance Group. Now, they operate um, basically in that insurance uh, broking market. Is this sort of a company that's a bit like a roll-up of like Steadfast is and a couple of those others? Um, well, I, I don't know much about this company, but I had, <coughs> did have a quick look at it. And it's the general insurer with mm. broking, uh, broking business in Australia, New Zealand and UK. Yep. And they've just um, forked out some money to go from a 70% ownership of a business in the UK to 100%. Yep. Um, look, it's had a pretty good <coughs> um, a move up here. Um, but look, I'm not, uh, it's got an average return on equity around 14%. Um, it had a earnings per share growth negative of 15% from the previous year. So that's not positive as far as I'm concerned. 3% dividend yield on fran uh, fully frank, which is okay. But on a multiple of 26 times, it's a little bit, no. Uh, yeah. I would be you know, taking the money and running on this one. It's not, it's not a buy. Okay. Reiterate what David just said. Um, we don't we don't cover the stock, so we don't have a formal recommendation on it. So, but I'd be in the same line as David on that one. Um, look, and the other thing I highlight: you know, it's an eight hundred thirty million dollar market cap, and it's very very liquid. You don't see a great deal of trading in it. Yeah. Um, so, and that, that, that's what you see, Francesco. For anyone looking at a yeah, chart, yeah. Where, where there's the straight lines, the blocks. Yeah. That means well. That's a five-year chart. You got blocks. I mean, yeah. you, you know, really, it's really highlighted in twelve in a twelve-month or a six-month chart or something like yeah. that. But this is a five-year chart, and they got blocks, so yeah. that really highlights the liquidity in it. Um, so look, uh, yeah, we don't have a formal recommendation. Our, our preferences 
uh, in the insurance space at QBE and or, and or Suncorp. Right. Um, Suncorp's a little bit different because it's got probably half banking, yeah. um, but um, QBE or Suncorp in this, okay. in this environment. All right. Thank you for that uh, suggestion, Lamb. Now, Kat wants a view on GUD uh, Holdings. They're a um, distributor of automotive products, but also pool pumps and spa pumps. Uh, Australia, New Zealand, France and Spain. And in the last week or so, had a, a good increase in its um, share price after its first quarter update, um, which looked all right, reporting 14% increase in, uh, in first quarter uh, group sales. Francesca. I think we spoke about this a couple of months ago we on did. the program and, and um, I noticed that we've gone to a hold. I'm pretty sure we were positive on the stock um, back then, um, not saying because the share price has, has done what it's done, because I think the hold was slightly before that, that yep. real rise there. Um, look, you know, during COVID, um, a lot of people, you know, when it comes to motor vehicles, we saw, you know, new car sales fall in a heap, basically. Um, but used car sales turnover was quite high, um, which means, you know, people need parts and things like that, which reflects yep. what's happened in this stock. Uh, where to from here? I, look, I think there's probably a little bit of continuation there. Um, I wouldn't be, you know, an outright buyer, and, and the analysts have got a hold, so I, I would have to agree with that. Um, they're... First quarter FY21 sales were up 14%, um, and they're, they're showing positive numbers through June through to September as well. Yeah. So we might see some positive surprises come out of that as well. Um, they have been very good at acquisitions in the past. Um, there's talk that there might be some acquisitions oh. on the horizon as well. Um, look, the share price from our analyst point of view, their valuation is probably fair value now. Um, but wouldn't be surprised to see if there's a little bit of momentum in that. David can probably talk a bit more about momentum than yeah. me, um, but I wouldn't be surprised to see a bit of that. Okay, all right, because there are a few in that area too, isn't it? Back Corps in that area, mm. ARB, I suppose. Yeah, ARB, yeah. Automotive parts, they've, they've all yeah. done pretty well. Though, the, these guys have yeah. got spa and pools and pumps yeah. and, and as which well, is, which sort of bit of diversity. And, and, and look, with the... F with the, the, the farming community actually, you know, experiencing some good rainfall. Mm. Um, I was chatting to a, a, a guy out in Dubbo the other day and they were, they're worried about too much water, a little bit too much water yeah. at the moment because, you know, they're ready to start um, um, <laughs> harvesting. So, um, you right. know, I think, um, you know, because of the, the favourable conditions out in the, in the country, that might be favourable yeah. to the pumping side of it as well. We were into, uh, interviewing Barnaby Joyce on Sunrise this morning as we do on a Monday and he was telling us how he got the harvest in last week before the rain came before on the, the rain weekend. Came, yeah. So <laughs> he was very happy. Um, David, what do you think of GUD? Uh, look, at, uh, you know, it was obviously that report that their increased um, expected uh, revenue increase of 16% um, for the first quarter was the, was the thing that give, gave the stock a bit of a kick above and beyond what they expected. Yeah. It's valuation that's a problem for me here. Um, and it's had a big surge of nearly 30% since September, mm. um, it's volatile, very volatile stock. So for my money, uh, if, if you did buy the shares at lower levels here, I'd be certainly taking some profits here. I mean, this, this is incredibly volatile if you have a look at it, yeah. uh, if you even go back further. So it's, it's had a big spike here um, on, and it's trading on a multiple of 25 times, which I think is too expensive when you look at their earnings history. Um, you know, their, their revenue 
when I look at their, okay, return on equity is 16%, but that's been going down over the oh. last two, three years. And the revenue earnings per share growth has been down, uh, flat to down. So they've had this spike up and the market's got excited about it, but I wouldn't be getting excited about it. It's okay. definitely not a buy for me. Okay, all right. Let's just uh, recap. Thank you for that, uh, Kat, for suggesting GUD. Let's recap the, um, the first five stocks uh, that we've got through today, plus stock of the day. South 32 is a buy from Maud Minard, um, a hold from, uh, from David. Uh, both Francesco and, and David say Rio at these levels is, uh, is a buy for them and you, you get the dividend yield, although they both would, uh, would favour BHP um, over Rio. Uh, Illumina is a yes from Francesco at Ords, um, a hold from, uh, from David um, with a preference for either Rio or, or BHP. A2 Milk um, is, if you've been riding it up, sell is the, <laughs> and take some profits, I think is uh, the story to come out of both David and Francesco. And also David was looking at the chart there and saying if it falls below $14, that could be a big breakdown to go down even further. Mm. So on the charts, it's a significant thing to look out for. Mm. Uh, PSC Insurance, a no from both. And um, with GUD, um, a hold from Francesco, uh, a no from David. And again, take some profits if you've ridden it up in the last couple of months because it's had a 30% increase. So. Uh, something to bank after uh, a two or three month investing. Um, here on the call, we have uh, our own portfolio. We've been tracking since July 1. Any stocks that get the, uh, the two ticks from our expert panel, like Rio has done today, goes into our portfolio and we track it. Let's see how it's been going. Uh, the last week, it's up one to third percent for the month, up six percent since the 1st of July, up just over 17%. And uh, taking a look at some of the stocks that have been added recently uh, by our expert panel, Service Stream, Technology One, Megaport, EML Payments, and Mincor Resources. And uh, of course, if there is a stock in the portfolio that comes up again, suggested by a viewer and analyzed by um, our expert panel that doesn't get the unanimous kick of approval, they go out of the portfolio and uh, Credit Corp and Marley Spoon were taken out in the last week or so. You can check all the stocks in the calls portfolio. Head to osbiz.co forward slash portfolio. Um, coming up uh, this afternoon, oyster producer East 33 has revealed plans for an, uh, to IPO and list on the ASX by the end of the year to tell us about the plans. Chief Executive James Garton joins us at 1.40pm. That's only on Ausbiz. And uh, an oyster farm, uh, an agricultural stock coming on, which is yeah. good. And you think with our market, there should be more of those. Yeah, like, yeah I agree. On, yeah. I'm just thinking of some alter... Tassel is Tassel, one. Yeah, the, right. um, clean uh, Seas. Yeah, Clean Seas. They which is not tuna now, it's... Uh, Kingfish, Kingfish uh, yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah, but they're, they're all sort of not too big either. You know, no. there's, there's nothing sort of, uh, you know, obviously the new farm and things like that, but yeah. there's nothing, uh, yeah, it's not a big part of the, the no, market. No, and, and probably should be. So um, looking forward to that interview at 1.40 here on Ausbiz this afternoon, at 1.40 Eastern Daylight Time. 
All right, let's get back into the stocks that you've suggested us take a look at. And David, uh, Will wants a view on Blue Star Helium, the helium exploration and production company, headquartered here in Australia, but operations are in, in North America. Yeah, right. so that's interesting, this one. I mean, um, well, straight off the bat, I'll say it's speculative. Right. Um, it's, <laughs> it's gone from about a cent since June up to five cents. So if you've uh, bought some down there, you'd certainly be taking profits. Uh, it's interesting, you know, helium is a unique industrial gas that exhibits characteristics, I should say, both bulk and commodity gas. But it's very much a high-value specialty gas considered in the high-tech strategic element which is um, where there's a bit of excitement about it. They put in that high-tech sort of category. Oh, you know? okay. Put the um, word tech in and it just adds a <laughs> yeah, yeah, couple yeah. of zeros. <laughs> <laughs> and they acquired some extra additional leases, leases and net acreage increase from, you know, additional 34,800 gross uh, acres in the, in the US. So that's what the market's gotten excited. It's a strategic sort of acquisi right. you know, leasing acquisition. Um, but look, for my money, it's never made any money. Uh, it's got a 53 million market cap valuation. Um, yeah, look, it's too small. Right. And, and no, no positive cash flow at this stage. Okay. But if in May you bought it at one cent, it's gone to five. You'd be very you happy. Take some profits. Oh, and, for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah, bank some profits. All right. <laughs> but again, as we, we were saying before, you look at those blocks, um, it's very, very lightly traded. And. Um, I think one of our export expert panel here on the call called them lobster pots. Uh, these sorts of stocks are easy to get in, really hard to get out of. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, there's the volatility. Uh, sorry, liquidity we talked yeah, about or with right. that other stock as well. Um, and you know, as David said, you know, they're, they're not making money and they're not likely to in the near future. I would suggest as drilling. Yeah. Uh, these things are cash burners um, until they start producing. I'm not sure how long off they are from producing, but as, as Dave mentioned, it's highly speculative, very early stages. Um, yep. If you've been in there, uh, and actually over 12 months, it's a nine bagger, so you know, six months, five baggers. So look, if, yeah. if you've been in there at those prices, you've got to take something off the table, yep. even if you just take your cost base off the table and, yep. and have a free ride. Yep. Uh, but yep. but yeah, would I buy more? I you know, need to do a lot more work at looking at you know, what that ground is that they're, they're drilling in yeah. the US and, and what's there and what's been looked at before. You know, how much is it going to cost to go from, from drilling stage to, to feasibility, pre-feasibility stage? You've got a long way to go before you go to production stage. So yeah. you know, and it's going to suck in a lot of cash to, to do it. So. Oh, for sure. And just yeah. their cash flow statement shows here like they burned through 800,000 in the first six months. They've got 1.7 yeah. million left. And that's only oh, drilling. Okay. That's only from drilling. That's so right. once, you, once you've drilled it out and you've proven it, yeah. Then you've got to start putting together a plant, which you know start. We start talking hundreds of millions of dollars. So they're yeah. going to go back to the market to raise. They have to, yeah. To and, but that's the way that. these things work. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. So, I thought helium was a chemical, sort of induced gas. So it's, it's like natural gas. Is it? You just find it in the ground. And well, apparently tap so. Into it. <laughs> I, th yeah. I think so. Yeah. No, and gives you a high voice. With a party trick with the, balloons. The, All right. The biggest concern is knowing when are they going to, you know, how much more cash they're going to need in the future, and when yeah. are they going to generate cash flow? That's the, you know, it's a big issue. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. Um, uh, Francesco Fay wants a view on Navigator Global Investments. Um, it's a what a hedge fund 
manager, mm. uh, operates around the world, New York, Chicago, um, it's London, Hong Kong. It's the old HFA. So, ah, yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah. it's the Australian arm of, uh, I forget the name of the, uh, the headstock. Uh, Lighthouse, uh, is it? Lighthouse, that's yep. the one. Yep. Um, our analyst just recently upgraded this to a buy. Um, mm. So being the Australian arm of a, of, a, of a larger fund manager, it's on the acquisition trail. Right. Uh, acquisitions in this industry tend to be fairly accretive, yep. which means you're buying at fairly low PE multiples, um, which creates more cash uh, for, for the underlying company. So currently trading on just under 14 times, it's about a 6% dividend. There's no franking, but 6%, you'd be, mm-hmm. you'd be fine, mm-hmm. you know, no franking, who yep. cares? Um, and we saw um, in the latest assets under management uh, update, um, they were slightly ahead of our analyst expectations, and that was after he went to buy. So, so I think, um, y- you know, you're probably starting low end, and maybe yep. you are picking this up at, at basement prices, but... Um, it's only a recent upgrade for us, and, and, yeah. and the analyst that covers it, he's pretty good at these sort of things. Okay, yeah. all right. Um, and as we saw from that five-year chart, it's been certainly bubbling along the bottom. Bottom of yeah. a couple of years ago, it was five bucks, dollar fifty now. Yeah, look, it's David. a small cap uh, with two hundred fifty million, so it's not not a big um, yeah. uh, cap in terms of uh, fund management. Um, but the, the thing about it is. Um, I don't know, it's a bit lumpy, their earnings have been up and down, and uh, so I've got a little bit of concern about that. Um, but I agree with Francesco, down here, I mean, this stock has fallen from, well, from June last year, mm. when it was like $6, yeah. as you can see there, nearly $6, yeah. down to a dollar low. Um, it seems to be consolidating here, and it's on a low earnings multiple for probably good reasons, because of the earnings uncertainty there. Yeah. But look, it's uh, it's, you know, I would be adverse to buying it here uh, or holding it if you've got right. it. Right. Uh, it's, uh, it seems to be like it's, um, it, it's starting to get some um, interest towards the upside after a prolonged downturn. Mm. So it's an uh, interesting level where it is right now. And if some of the analysts start to turn like the, the yeah. audience analysts. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah Nick, Nick McGarrigal's the guy that covers it and he's pretty good at the, the right. funds, the, I said, the, you know, the funds okay. manager. He started covering Magellan when it was about a dollar eighty with you know with a buy. So, so Whoa, he, he, that's he, a good marketing wow. line. Has he, <laughs> has he put in his report? Uh, this is the new Magellan. <laughs> no, he hasn't said that. He hasn't said that. And he's and look, he's fairly conservative. He's not going to yeah. go out on a limb well, like that. But but, um, but I, I was going to say in this sector, it's basically dominated by Magellan. That's all anyone yeah. talks about, don't yeah. they? And, and you know. look, you go back a decade and you're going to say, well, you know, a decade ago it was sort of platinum. Platinum, yeah. yeah. Okay, so you yeah. go through cycles in this and, it, and it's a, yeah. Following a fund manager is like following a football team, Yep. if you like. Yep. You know, they, they're going to have people there that are very good at stock selection and good, very good at portfolio management. If they move on, you've got to follow where they're moving. If yep. they move, yeah. then you might see changes. I think that's what happened with platinum. And obviously Magellan's yep. got a very good team there. Yeah, um, you know, what you're yeah it is a people business, isn't it? It definitely is. Yep. Uh, yeah, and the other thing, yeah, just noticing their update, this was only last week, you know, that the, their funds under management is pretty good. It's uh, just on 12 billion US, mm. um, and they're projecting uh, earnings before interest tax depreciation around 20 million US, which is not bad, mm. you know, so it's not expensive. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it looks okay. Okay. All right. Uh, Faye, you've uncovered a a little nugget there, hopefully. Uh, Appreciate that. 
Um, Francesco, Lisa wants a view on an ETF, uh, in particular the BetaShares Asia Technology Tigers ETF. All these ETFs are an absolute mouthful because there are so many of them at the moment. Uh, This one holds uh, the 50 largest Asian technology companies outside of Japan. Uh, Ten cents in there, Alibaba, uh, Michuan Daiping. Samsung's in there. Samsung's in there. Mm. Um, So they're all the the Asian uh, sort of tech giants, Francesco, aren't they? Yeah, um, look, I think, I think... Reasonable ETF? Yeah, look, I like ETFs. Yeah. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, we, we look at the structure of the ETF first before we look at which one, because I think structure is right. important, particularly after the GFC, we saw some, um, you know, structured products get yep. unwound. Uh, you don't want to be in that sort of situation. So um, most of the ETFs that trade here in Australia uh, hold physical stock uh, as the underlying asset yep. rather than... Some of the US ones will create the underlying assets synthetically using derivatives. Oh, oh. Yeah. So Do you like that or not? No. Right. No, because if don't, things get unwound, uh, you don't know what asset you have. Right. You with me? Yep. So, so yeah. So yeah. at least when you've got hmm. physical okay. assets that are held in trust, okay, the prices of these things might go down, might go up, yeah. but at least there's a physical asset there. Right. Whereas derivatives can expire and things like that yeah. if they're not managed properly. So, so we don't mind that. Um, this one. You know, obviously, if you look at things like um, IOO, which is you know just basically a global index, uh, you're just following the the index. Uh, this one, you, you you need to probably have a look deeper. And as you mentioned, you know some of the stocks there, you want to have a look at the top ten at least, yep. and see if you like those names. I looked at them, um, the the ones you mentioned there, Alibaba, Taiwan uh, Semiconductors, Manufacturing, Samsung, they're in there. Um, you, you need to have an opinion of that side of it. Um, so, so it's not just a simple uh, underlying index like yep. the ASX 200. You want yep. to have a look at what okay. stocks are made up. So they've been selective of the stocks rather than just mirror an index. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's Standard & Poor's that yep. create the index for them, but you still want to have a look at what stocks are okay. there. So I, I don't want to say, look, it's a buy or sell or anything like right. that. I do like the, 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 the ETF market. Yep. Um, I don't mind Asia. I don't mind Asia tech. Um, but, you know, you'd have to have a look individually okay. to see what's in there. Okay. Yeah, look, this is a great way to get exposure to these these tech companies, like you yep. said, Alibaba, Tencent, and um, um, Samsung. And it's been on a tear. I mean, since the beginning of the year, it's gone from $5 more than double that now yeah. to, what, about $10.50. So, look, at, I would stick with it. Um, it then it seems to be liquid, too. That's the other thing you mm. want to make sure about mm. ETFs is there's, a, there's enough turnover. And this one seems to have that about mm. an average turnover, about one5 Million dollars worth of shares, just just with the liquidity, the uh, the ETFs have market makers, so they they need to to to, right. to create that liquidity there. They have market makers to create the market for, right. and the market makers make their money on the spread, the buy and sell spread, which yep. is fair. Yeah, they've got to they've got to make a living. Um, but to, to you know, if you if you need, you know, you need to get out of one of these, and you know, you need to cash in. Uh, there's always going to be a buyer there because mm. of the the market makers, which is a good thing. Yeah. Yes, yeah. So. Um, I'd hold it. I wouldn't be rushing to buy it. I'd be looking at a pullback. Yep. It's had a pretty strong run here. Mm. Not that it can't continue, but you know, you're chasing yeah. it after more than double. The, yeah. You know, so a lot of these look. It all depends what happens in the tech sector in yeah. the, over the next six to twelve months as yep. well. All right. So, uh, and also just a reminder: Wednesday next week, um, I think we uh, uh, are going to have um, a focus on ETFs here on the call rather than 10 stocks that you've suggested. 
you're suggesting a whole bunch of ETFs to have a look at, so we're going to knock 10 off uh, Wednesday next week and um, go into a bit more detail on it because you're asking for us to have a look at it. All right, uh, our next um, stock, David, uh, Sharon wants a view on lifestyle communities. Suspended, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, look, this is for us over 50-year-olds. Yeah, too right. Affordable housing, mostly in Victoria, um, in parts of metropolitan Melbourne and re- rural Victoria as well. Um, look, there is, it is a growth sector. There's no question about it. They expect... Um, in the next 15, 20 years. It's a good team, yeah. isn't it? Because uh, you immediately yeah. see retirement village and care and you go ageing population. Yeah. Well, it must be a good investment. Yeah, and it's like a community um, yeah. environment and supportive environment and that, you know, with, with people in your own age yeah. group. And you know, the, the thing about it is that uh, also their management fees um, have grown quite a bit with this. But the problem is the valuation. Uh, yeah. I can't buy it up here. It's just so ridiculously expensive um i would definitely be look it's up at what they call up it's broken above a prior resistance level but we've seen the share price go from five dollar low to you know where it is now it's it's trading on a ridiculous forward multiple well right now 300 times but um (laughs) forward 28 29 it it just doesn't justify um what were the multiples to, well, right now, 300. 300? Yeah. Oh, I think that's a bit of a... Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, I, I, I saw it. It was high. I saw yeah. it up around the 50. Well, I've got so, actually adjusted one here, 68 right yeah, now. Yeah, so the adjusted right. number, yeah, yeah. 68, yeah. which is incredibly high when you've got um, return on equity around 5.7%. Yeah. Um, that's, uh, and, and the revenue actually, according to this, my numbers here saying it was down from the previous... Mm. Uh, uh, six months. So, yeah. again, it, it's valuation. Um, you know, there's there's um, seems to be a couple of brokers targeting this, and they've got a price low of eight dollars with the with the high of eleven dollars eighty, which is a little <coughs> bit higher than where it is. Yeah. I personally just think that's a little bit too expensive. The intrinsic value is around five dollars fifty. Right. On okay. This. Oh. Well, that's uh, a big difference. Yeah, yeah. Francesco. Well, I think with this thing, you've got to look at it in a number of ways. And David's correct. You know, it's it's very expensive. It's a billion dollar market cap with retirement villages pretty high. <laughs> Excuse yeah. me. Um, I, I think a lot of a lot of the valuation has been placed on the development side of the business, as yeah. opposed to the management side of the business. Um, right. Those management fees will continue to grow as they continue to develop. Yep. Um, so if you look at something like Goodman Group, which I, I you know is in the real estate um, you know investment trust um, sector, um, you know its share price has risen considerably, and that's on the back of the development of it rather yep. than actually managing property man, managing property like a normal property trust. Um, things I would like to look at with this thing is is sort of you know what's their expansion plans and and how much more development is there if it's going to be a lot more expansion then it potentially could justify. Not not a sixty times multiple, but yeah. a, a high multiple. Um, so those are the sort of things I'd be looking at. But but yeah, look, we don't cover it. I have seen some positive recommendations out there, but right. I, I'm with David. I, I'd sort of sort of sit back and you know look at and something wait. else, okay, or do a bit more digging into what yeah. their expansion plans are. Yeah. And why is it you know 
Yeah, why can you justify that sort yeah. of multiple? Yeah, look, they've had really a strong revenue, a recurring revenue growth uh, in the, uh, the management fee side. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's gone from 2011, around 4 million to where it is now, which is around 26 million. Yeah. So mm -hmm. that's been a strong okay. growth. Yeah. Um, it's almost being treated like an annuity, this one. Yeah. Right, but that's uh, a factor of their development. So they're developing to, for them to manage. So yeah, yeah. the more they develop, the more they manage at the same time. Which so that's creates internalised growth. So they make money on the development yeah. and then keep the ongoing management and make money out yeah. of it. So yeah. there's the annuity growth. Not a bad business model. Yeah. A good business but, model. Yeah. But, but here's the thing, I, I don't know about you, but you know, um, back in the 80s, I mean, if you wanted to retire on 100,000 passive income, how yeah. much capital do you reckon you'd need to require back then <laughs> as an annuity in a bond, right? Yeah. I'd say a, a government 10-year bond. 700,000, what do you think you need today? How much? 15 million. 15 wow, <laughs> is that right? That's right. <laughs> so this is where people, retirees are getting desperate and taking risks. And this yeah. is to me very interest rate sensitive. And to me, anybody buying bonds today, yeah. you've got to be out of your mind. Yeah. I think yeah. there's just too much risk. Yeah. It's not a risk-free return anymore like it was yeah. right. in the 80s. And I don't think a lot of people are factoring that no. and buying these sort of stocks, they're, they're just desperately chasing yield. Yeah. And I think that's the risk out there. Okay, all right. Um, there you go, uh, Sharon, a really good warning there for the guys on Lifestyle Communities. And our final stock to have a look at, uh, David Volpara Health Technologies. They're uh, a SaaS tech care uh, company in the uh, breast uh, imaging analytics and analysis uh, for the early detection of breast cancer. But yeah. based in New Zealand, uh, a couple of blokes, experts here on the call say that any tech that comes out of New Zealand, you always look seriously at because because they've got a great track record of <laughs> little tech companies coming out of out of uh, across the ditch. Yeah, look, I, I, again, <coughs> it's a problem for me. They don't have any positive earnings, uh, the company, and it's got a market cap of around three hundred sixty-four million. Okay. Um, Look, there's a, there's a mean price target on this by only three brokers who cover it, which is uh, around a dollar, a dollar sixty. Right. Uh, so it's trading around that right now, I think. Um, but look, I, it's just yeah, not I, I, yeah, until I see some positive earnings, I can't, I can't okay. buy it. Francesca? We are one of those brokers. Oh, well done. Uh, Fuel. We have a hold. <laughs> We've <laughs> we got a hold on okay. yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, look, they just recently raised some capital as well. They raised uh, $28 million in placement, $9 million in share purchase plan. Right. Uh, the share purchase plan was extended from seven to, to nine, so popular with the existing investors. Um, they didn't have a problem raising the, the 28 with uh, institutional. Um, Look, I think we're at a hold mainly because, as as David mentions, it, it, it hasn't it's not profitable yet. Right. Um, but those losses are declining each year, um, so we would expect over the next three to four years that they'll start mm. to become profitable. Cash flow, our analysts have got cash flows going positive in 2022, so all those numbers are heading in the right direction. Um, obviously, you know, all things being equal, as long as they keep progressing the way they are, yeah. um, no reason to. To, to, to believe they wouldn't. Uh, obviously, their market, there's a there's a definite market yeah. for what they do. And it's a, one of these stocks that we uh, they have a product and you go, geez, I hope they do well. <laughs> if it's the early yeah. detection of breast cancer, 100%. Uh, 
that clinical decision making, early yeah. detection. Go, and look, a lot of people use on. use this type of investment as opposed to um, being charitable to a cancer foundation, if you like. Oh, that's interesting. So instead of going, I'll give you know X amount to this this charity. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that works with cancer. I'll, I'll invest that money with a an organisation that's doing well in that space right. and developing uh, and development for that. Huh. Uh, and ultimately, then if it's successful, the the funds and they just yeah. snowball on from that and take some yeah. of those funds and uh, and, and it's invest good way in more. It. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's an alternative way yeah. of doing it. Um, so so we're at a hold on that. But but um, look, there's there's some promising things coming in from it. Um, I think if we start to see uh, those losses decline a lot quicker, um, yep. the analyst might change his tune. Okay. All right. So there you go, Jason. That's the uh, view on Volpara. Let's recap the final uh, five stocks. Uh, if you've been in Blue Star Helium for the last three or four months, um, you've seen the share price go from one cent to five cents. Uh, both David and Francesco saying sell um, and take your profits, you know, cover your costs of uh, the stock and um, get your money out and then let the rest, rest of it run. Um, Navigator uh, Global, a yes from both uh, David and Francesco at these levels. Uh, the Beta Asia Tech Tigers, uh, a hold from, from both of them. Um, Lifestyle Communities, a no from both. And Involpara, a no from David and a hold from Francesco. So uh, Rio was already in the calls portfolio, so stays there as a result of- Do you double up? Two ticks from the guy. Double, <laughs> double, double down on the investment. It's something we should think about. No, no, we don't at the moment. Uh, Navigator Global goes in um, to uh, the calls portfolio. The uh, Beta Shares Asia Tech Tigers ETF comes out of the portfolio as a result of not getting the two unanimous ticks. So uh, there you go. Francesco Destratus from Ord Minute. Great to see you, mate. Take care for Likewise. that. Likewise. Have a good week. Thank you. I Hope will. your footy team wins. Grand final weekend. There uh, you yes. go. David <laughs> Novak from Wealthwise Education, mate. Good to see you. My Thank pleasure. You. Thank you. Uh, that's our show for today.